made my whole being. You formed me in my mother's body. You saw my bones being formed as I took shape in my mother's body. When I was put together there, you saw my body as it was formed. I praise you because you made me in an amazing and wonderful way. Jesus. 
We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. My dear king, with you handling the civic affairs of Israel and me, the religious, we will go down in history as the greatest king and queen of all time. You will establish an everlasting dynasty, while I, as the most beautiful and all-powerful priestess, I will establish an everlasting kingdom with Baal as God and Ashtoreth as goddess. <laughs> I'm beginning to believe we can do it too, Jezebel, my lovely queen. Do it? We already have. In the few years since you built the shrine to Baal here in Samaria, look what has happened to Israel. All the people worship at the shrine. They actually believe that Baal is the god of nature, that he controls all things, and that Ashtoreth is the patron goddess of love and maternity. What fools people are. <laughs> All but you. And you, my dear Ahab. You married me. You're letting me control the religious rites of Israel. Proof that you are wise. <laughs> <laughs> Which all adds up to the fact that I must get along to the throne room. Today is audience day. The day you meet out justice. Ah. And don't forget, my dear Ahab, to judge according to the will of Baal and Ashtoreth, meaning, of course, my will. I am chief priestess. <laughs> Is all in readiness, Obadiah, for my court of justice? Oh, yes, Your Majesty. O oh, King, King of Israel, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, and before whose judgment we must all appear, he has this day sentenced Israel. Because of her apostasy, there shall be no dew or rain for years, except as God, through me, shall so decree. What did he say? Who was he? No rain for years. It's impossible. The man's crazy. Who was... Obadiah, who was he? Scribe, lackey, guards. Who let that man in? I didn't grant him an audience. Obadiah, who was that man? I, I, I never, never saw him before, Your Majesty. Did you grant him an audience? No, sire. Guards, did you let that man in? No, Your Majesty. He just suddenly appeared. That's all we know. He came through that door. No, sire. He had to. But he didn't, Your Majesty. I was standing guard and no one came through that door. How did he get in, then? I don't know, Your Majesty. Well, don't just stand there. Go to the outer gate and find out how he got in. The rest of you, search the palace. Oh. I want him found, you hear, and brought here before me now, immediately. Yes, Your Majesty. How long live the king? Yes, yes, Obadiah. Have you found the man? Oh, every, every inch of the palace and the gardens have been searched, Your Majesty. The man is not within the palace walls. Well, which gate did he go out? Uh, the guards swear that he's gone out none of them. Then he must be hiding somewhere no, in the palace. No, Your Majesty. Every possible hiding place has been thoroughly searched. He's not here. He's somewhere. I saw him. So did you. Mm -hmm. Have the city itself searched. Heavy guards have been posted at each of the city gates, Your Majesty. Every house, street, nook, even the marketplace is being searched by the army. But, sire, I doubt that that man will be found. Why not? 
He just can't disappear into thin air. Obviously, Your Majesty. The man was a prophet of God. Oh, what's that got to do with it? He's still a man of flesh oh, and blood. Oh, God has his ways to protect his own that we know nothing of, Your Majesty. His pronouncement of doom What's this against... I hear about oh. a man suddenly appearing, cursing yeah. Israel, and then disappearing? Well, my dear, you see, it was like this. I, I was just sitting Is here. it true or isn't it? Oh, well, y- y- I can't quite make up my mind. Obadiah? Well, uh, yeah. Yes, Your Highness, a man did appear, pronounce a sentence of doom upon Israel, and then disappeared. Why wasn't he arrested? We can't find we him. Can't. Yes, we can't. What a bunch of bungling idiots, all of you. Let a man go in and... Just what did he say about Israel, anyway? That there would be no rain or dew until he says so. Until he says well, so? Well, God, through him. No rain... Or do, until his God says so? Well, we'll just see about that. Ahab, dear, come with me. We're going to the shrine of Baal and talk to the priests. No rain! (laughs) You will see to it that it rains and within the next 24 hours. But what if it doesn't, Your Highness? You heard the Queen. That's an order. Yes, Your Majesty, but uh, what if it doesn't rain? You are the High Priest of Baal, aren't you? Yes, Your Majesty. Well, have Baal make it rain. But, Your Majesty, if Baal is angry, he won't even listen to my pleadings. He ignores me. The High Priest is right, Ahab. So there's only one thing to do. Do not let the people know that the man appeared and said there would be no rain. The people already know, Your Highness. The news has spread like wildfire. They're already referring to him as that man with a message. A message of doom to apostate Israel. A message of doom from whom? The God of Israel? The old God of Israel? We have a new God now. Baal. So the message means nothing. Priests, prepare for an immediate ceremony for cursing that man, the so-called man with a message, and Jehovah, the old God of Israel. They shall both be cursed, thus appeasing the anger of Baal. Then we shall have rain and dew. May I suggest that in the meantime His Majesty have the army find the man so that he can be properly denounced and punished as a false prophet and nuisance in Israel. Then shall the people know that the true God is Baal and Ashtoreth the true goddess. Call a general assembly. We'll tell the people the truth. Yes, Your (laughs) Highness. a certain man appeared unto King Ahab with a message of doom. But fear not the words of that man, whoever he said he was, for it is Baal that brings forth the rain, the harvest in its season, and provides for the needs of man and beast. Continue to believe and have faith in Baal. And we shall have rain and dew in abundance. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-273-5673. 
1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. If you believe in Jesus, you will trust him and you'll do the things he says to do. When you have this kind of faith, he saves you from the punishment that comes from doing wrong. Acts 16, verse 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Live with Sam. My guest today is my sister Lily, and she's here to talk about sleep. Sleep? I thought you said sheep. Lily, I noticed that you go to sleep each night right at nine o'clock. Can you tell me why? Because I'm sleepy? But so many children at your age like to stay up much, much later. Yeah, and then they walk around the next day looking and acting like they're only half awake. My friend Sarah even falls asleep in class. Well, your friend Sarah doesn't understand how important sleep is to a growing mind and body. And you do? Sure. When you sleep, your body has time to heal. It's not busy digesting food or thinking about stuff. It just relaxes and fixes things. Fixes things like what? Oh, infections and different kinds of diseases. So sleeping is healing? Absolutely. And you don't snore in class. <laughs> I love it when Sarah does that, especially right after the teacher says something really serious. Everyone laughs and then Sarah wakes up and thinks someone told a joke. So she starts laughing too. Maybe you need to tell Sarah how important it is to sleep at night. No way. Then we wouldn't have anything to laugh at in class. Lily, we're supposed to teach people how to be healthy, not embarrass themselves in school. Okay, you're right. I'll call Sarah right now and wish her a good night. But it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, she needs all the sleep she can get. This is Live with Sam. Good night. I mean, goodbye. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Happy you've joined me today for another story just for you.
Do you ever feel left out like your friends want to be with someone else instead of you? What if you really needed those friends to help you solve a mystery? Chris and Maria discover an old safe in their grandparents' basement, but no one knows the combination. Who gave the money to build the cross above Mill Valley? Chris and Maria think the answer is inside the old safe. As they follow the clues, Chris learns some important lessons about friendship and jealousy, and about being a Christian. Chapter 6. A Clue in the Mail Great-Grandpa Archer's old house sat in the oldest section of Mill Valley. The old house looks so strange here with those big business buildings just across the street, Chris thought as he stared back through the old oak trees. Mrs. Vargas pulled the car up to the curb and switched off the ignition. They sat in the car and just looked. It must have been pretty once, Maria commented. Mom nodded. Chris noticed that one of the windows on the second story was broken. Some vines were winding their way up the two columns that led to the front door, and much of the paint was peeling. Worst of all, the house looked cold and dark. It certainly didn't look like a home. Chris sat back in the seat and stared for a long time at Great-Grandpa's house. He tried to think about where Great-Grandpa would have hidden the combination to his safe, and if Great-Grandpa was the one who donated the money to have the cross built. "'Mom, do you think we can get inside the house and look around?' he asked. Mom thought a minute. "'Maybe. I'll ask the pastor to speak to the mayor about it. I don't see why we couldn't.' Chris hoped it would be all right. They needed to look inside Great-Grandpa's old house if they were going to have a chance of finding the combination.' He was trying to fit the image of the house in his mind before Mom pulled away when he saw something he hadn't noticed before. It was on the very top of the house. Mom, what is that on the peak of the house? Mrs. Vargas leaned over and looked up through Maria's window. That's a wind vane. It shows which way the wind is blowing. I know that, Mom, but it looks like a man shooting an arrow, Chris added. It looks just like my statue. Dad was already home when Mom, Chris, Maria, and Yo-Yo came through the back door. He was sitting in his favorite chair reading the paper. Where have you guys been, Dad asked. Maria opened the closet to put her jacket away. We went to see Great Grandpa Archer's old house. Mom walked into the living room. Chris is trying to find the combination to Grandpa Archer's old safe, and Maria is trying to prove Grandpa Archer donated the money for the cross up on the hill, she explained. Is that so, Dad said. Well, the paper has some news in it about the cross. It says someone has already claimed to have donated the money. I don't believe it, Maria protested. What if Chris and I prove great-grandpa was the one who donated the money for the cross? Then Mill Valley will want to honor him for it, Dad said, but you'll have to prove it. Well, that's what we're going to do, Maria stated. Dad smiled. I hope so. By the way, Maria, there is a letter addressed to you on the kitchen counter. Chris thought Maria was going to trample him on her way to the kitchen. I told you it was going to come today, he called after her. Maria didn't open the letter as soon as she got it like Chris would have. Instead, she started toward her room. Are you coming, Chris? she asked, cocking her head to one side. He was right behind her. I don't know if I want to open it, Maria said when they were settled on the floor next to her bed. It might not be a clue like I was hoping for at all. Chris smiled. We have to look everywhere, remember? Real detectives don't always find a clue the first time. They make a lot of mistakes. Hurry, let's open it. Maria turned the envelope over and tore the flap open with her fingernail. She took out a piece of stationery with Grandma's handwriting on it. It read, Dear Maria, I hope this photograph is what you were looking for. It didn't take Uncle John long to find it. Good luck. Love, Grandma. Maria took the photograph out of the envelope. You are right, Chris exclaimed. At the shoebox the next morning, Dee Dee stopped Chris. Is Ryan coming today? Chris's friend Ryan 
often visited the shoebox for church, even though he wasn't really a Christian. Chris shook his head. No, he didn't want to come today. You know, I think Ryan isn't sure what he wants to do, Jenny said when she found out Ryan wasn't coming to church. She was sitting in a circle with the other shoebox kids. Didi flipped her head back to get the hair out of her eyes. I think he's annoying. No one said a word, but Didi got a message from everyone's glares. Okay, okay, maybe not annoying, but he always says Christians are crazy or dumb. Just when I think we've made him change his mind, he does or says something that makes me wonder why I even want to be his friend. Chris felt his neck getting warm and wondered if it was turning red. Ryan was his friend, so he should at least say something in his defense. Suddenly, he had an idea. The disciples weren't the best followers of Jesus at first either. Jesus had to be their friend for a long time before they changed their attitudes. Now all the shoebox kids were looking at him. So was Mrs. Shoe. Look at Peter, Chris added, shrugging his shoulders. Peter swore he didn't even know Jesus, and after all the love Jesus had shown him, too. I think Chris has made a very good point, Mrs. Shoe said. I guess so, Dee Dee admitted. Sammy, Willie, and Jenny all agreed. Later, while the class was working on its lesson, Dee Dee came over and sat down next to Chris. I'm sorry for what I said about Ryan. I'll try to be more patient. Thank you, Chris replied. Sometimes I don't know how to act or what to say around Ryan either, but he is my, our friend. Mrs. Shue looked at her watch. Then she stood up in front of the class. Time really has gone quickly this morning. The other classes are probably out by now. Willie, will you have closing prayer? Willie nodded and maneuvered his wheelchair into the circle as everyone bowed their heads. Afterward, Mrs. Shue spoke again. Remember, this afternoon after potluck, we're going for a hike. Mr. Shue is going to take us. Dee Dee's parents and Pastor Hill are going too. I think my mom and dad are going, Maria said. Good, Mrs. Shue said. See you all there. Even though a cool breeze was blowing, people were outside visiting in small groups after church. Chris put his Bible away in the car and was headed back to the church when Sammy caught up to him. Maybe we should invite Ryan to go on the hike with us, Sammy suggested. Yeah, I think so too, Chris replied. I'll go find Mom and Dad and see if they'll pick Ryan up if he wants to go with us. Chris went inside and found Mom helping to fix potluck dinner. Mr. Vargas and Sammy Tan's grandfather were setting up tables. Good idea, Chris, his mom agreed. I'm sure your dad will pick Ryan up if he wants to go. Dad winked at Chris. No problem, Chris. You go ahead and call Ryan and let me know if he wants to go. Chris dialed Ryan's number while the other shoebox kids waited behind him. May I speak to Ryan, please? He asked when Ryan's mom answered the phone. He could hear Ryan being called to the phone, and then Ryan picked up the receiver. Hello, Ryan said. Ryan, this is Chris. Maria, Jenny, Willie, Sammy, Dee Dee, and I were wondering if you would like to come with us on a hike this afternoon. Do you think you could come? Well, I... I don't know. I'd have to ask. It'll be fun, Chris put in. Okay, I'll go ask. Ryan put down the receiver. Chris cupped his hand over the mouthpiece while he waited. What did he say? Jenny wanted to know. He's asking, Chris whispered. A few seconds later, Ryan was back on the phone. I can go! Great! Dad and I will be there soon to pick you up. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 4, The Missing Combination Mystery, written by Eric Stoffel, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, 
please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. they'll become so let the children come please let the children come children's bible journey was brought to you by 3abn australia radio and is a production of life talk radio at lifetalk.net